Welcome to another episode of Season 2, Pages Lessons. If you identify as someone who is ambitious, goal-driven, and a badass, you've come to the right place. This mini-series is specifically dedicated toward helping you create your dream life. As a life coach, I made it my life's work to help goal-getters like you overcome any obstacle as it relates to going after what you really want and making an impact along the way. As this season is titled Pillars of Creating Your Dream Life, every episode will break down a specific category of your life. No matter what, by the time you finish listening to every episode, you will walk away with at least one thing to work on, whether that's a journal prompt, an activity, a meditation, something relevant for you as it relates to assessing all the areas of your life to build the life of your dreams. Make sure to listen to all the episodes as each pillar matters and bleeds into one another. Here's a quick message from our sponsor before we get started. I'm a huge advocate for journaling. Journaling has allowed me to explore my deepest desires, and whenever I encourage my clients to journal what's on their mind, they report back to me so much clarity and gratitude for the prompts that I gave them. That's why I'm so excited that I partnered with the coolest new journaling app called Prompted.io. Prompted is a guided online journal with a set series of expertly designed writing prompts known as Prompt Pathways that'll help you achieve your specific goals. It's the first and only platform to feature Prompt Pathways, which is why I'm so thrilled to be a part of their founding thought leaders and be able to create custom topics. So here's the drill. You download the app, you pick your topic, interest, or goal that you want to write about, and then you get a series of journaling prompts written by an expert to help you achieve it. Some of my prompts on this app that you can find are topics around building your dream lifestyle, obviously, giving yourself the gift of gratitude, and how to gain career clarity. Check out my prompts and let me know what you think. There are hundreds of prompts that fit your needs. Try it for free for one month using the code PAGE at prompted.io. That's P-A-I-G-E for the discount code in all capital letters. And you can find the link and code located in the show notes. And now back to the show. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Paige Mitchell. I'm so grateful you tuned in for today. My guest is Christine Walsh. Christine is a money mindset strategist, mentor, and speaker using her over 25 years of experience in finance and accounting to help visionary business owners master their inner money game. Founded in personal growth and practical strategies, Christine brings clients her cutting edge money wisdom, forward thinking entrepreneurial mindset and Wall Street investment experience together so they can break through their money ceilings, reduce financial fear and increase their income without busting their butt to get there. I decided to bring Christine as a guest on the show because I was first introduced to her during the midst of the pandemic. No one had any idea what 2020 was going to bring, no idea of the depths of how much this was going to change our lives, and especially in the money pillar, how much this is going to make an impact. And so in 2020, when I was starting my business and I was living with my mom, I really did not have any direction. And especially on the money side, I was feeling a lot of lack, a lot of confusion. I was in my coaching um, institute and 
Christine hosted a money workshop on Zoom, which was also kind of a new thing back then, right? Everything virtual. So I attended this workshop, this money workshop by Christine. And since then, I have just been following her and really admiring her work over the years. That workshop was incredible. I learned so much about myself, about my money beliefs that I didn't even know I was carrying. And I just had to bring her as a guest because I love how real and authentic she is. She has so much wisdom and I love her mission of just empowering you to change the conversation about money. And so in this episode, Christine and I will discuss why mindset is such an important part of financial wealth and financial freedom. We'll also talk about how your values show up in our spending And you will walk away with concrete exercises to work on when you finish listening to the episode. You are going to love this content. I'm so excited for you to hear it. Let's get into it. Christine, thank you so much for being here and saying yes to being a guest on the show. How are you feeling today? I am feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I'm good for today, Tuesday. Love that. Amazing. Well, before we start our discussion, please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. And also my go-to question that I ask every guest is what was one dream you had as a kid? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm Christine Walsh. I live in Steamboat Springs, Colorado in the Northwest corner of the state in the Rocky Mountains, a huge, huge skier, hiker, biker, all the things Colorado represents uh, for many in their 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 in their mind's eye, uh, and also operating a financial coaching and wellness mentorship business here. I've been doing that for about seven years, and much more in in terms of finance for the past gosh twenty five years or so. Um, my background is in finance and accounting. I worked down on Wall Street for about 12 years, grew up in New York City, and you'll hear probably a little bit of that New York City accent every so often, so just uh, beware. And uh, when I moved out here, I ran into some financial problems of my own. I didn't have the structure. I didn't have the foundation. I was 2,000 miles away from family, so I ran into some um, problems around the 2008 housing crisis and financial crisis of, of our last recession, if you will. And realized I had to look at my own financial, emotional aspect of this work to understand what was going on in my head, even though I had the book smarts and the know-how, I was supposed to be the money expert. So you could imagine the amount of shame and embarrassment of someone who's like, you're supposed to know this. So it was hard for me to find someone to um, talk to about this work and, and hence why I created the business that I did. So that's a beautiful story. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that kind of segues as well um, into like, what does a money coach even do? Yeah. Well, I'll answer that. And then I think it also segues into my dream. Oh yes. Perfect. Yes. I think also was, is to be a skier was, I love skiing growing up. So that's just before we get into what a money coach does a little bit more specific, just to answer that question. Uh, that was a dream of mine and why I ended up moving out to Colorado from Manhattan and Queens, New York. My family thought I was nuts. Uh, they still probably do, uh, but that's all right. I still love them. And 
um, to, to live the life that I want on my terms is really how I look at it in retrospect. So creating the money coaching business and being a money coach is part of me understanding myself in my own personal development of how I relate to money. And like I said, in the, in sort of the intro, I had my own money story going on that was just running me ragged. And I, at that time I was working for other people, but I was realizing that there is something beyond just the numbers on the paper. So a money coach can help. I specifically work with women entrepreneurs and I've worked with families. I've worked with kids coming out of college. I've worked with men. I've worked with women. I've worked with partners, um, is helping them tell the stories that they have been either too embarrassed, didn't have a safe space to share, um, and understand how to use money as a steward to improve their lives, their kids' lives, perhaps, their community's lives, and the global collective. So it's a big mission, and I'm totally here for it. And I think the more that we as humans understand our own money patterns, because they show us our biggest fears, the more that we can create more fulfillment in our life in many ways beyond money, but really step into that inherent abundance that's within all of us right from the get-go. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's so good. And thank you also for sharing too, like who you serve and just how that journey went and how amazing you wanted to be a skier. Hello, <laughs> childhood dreams. Manifested. I still, if this money coaching thing doesn't work out, I could still be ski patroller at Steamboat Ski. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. My dad was a ski patrol. That's how I learned how to ski and I love it. I really do. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I like that question just because pretty much there's a theme of the experts I've interviewed that no matter what you wanted to be as a kid, in some degree, you're doing it now. Whether that's quite literally you are skiing or some element to it, right? Um, whether that's like maybe a metaphor or something like that, but that's really cool. Yeah, um, gave me the chills when you said that. So there is something yay. to that for sure. Oh, for that's sure. so great. I yeah. love that. So every episode highlights a particular pillar when it comes to creating your dream life. And um, I said this in the career episode, but I kind of am foreshadowing here. I'm just wondering my analytics at the end of the season, the top most played episodes might be career and money. Mm-hmm. Um, just because sometimes that's just the go-to, at least Americans, I can only speak for me, um, of just when we want to build a dream life, when we want to try something new, we got career and money, the kind of core staples, right? But with pillars, which really I mean by that, if this is your first time listening to this season, pillars of your life just means different categories. And as a holistic coach, I believe there's many components and there's still a bunch of pillars I won't even get into. There's only so many I can do this season. However, everything bleeds into one another. And so today we're just going to be focusing on finances and your money and money stories. And I really wanted to bring you on as an expert to talk about this, because I've been following you for a while. And I personally took your workshop before this is back in 2020, when we really had no idea what the hell was we were into, like what was going to happen. So, um, and that in 2020 for me was a very 
big, big point in my life of career transition. I was living with my mom, just a lot of negative money beliefs. So when I heard about a money coach and when I saw you and um, learned from you and then followed you years after, I was like, I have to have Christine on this episode and to talk about this. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's important. It, it's part of our lives. It, there's no doubt about, you know, however, whatever our spiritual perspective on money is, religious perspective on money is, family perspective on money is, society's perspective, our conditioning, we're not getting away from money anytime soon. Even as we morph into other areas of like Bitcoin and crypto and other aspects of the financials, money is a form of, of exchange. And unless you want my bananas and I want your cattle, <laughs> we need an intermediary and that is money. And so it, I often share that it is one of our longest relationships in our lives outside of the relationship with ourself and relationship with time probably, which is another currency. So why not make it one of the better ones? <laughs> I'll put it that way. I mean, we are going to have a long history with this thing and it is its own entity. And what has happened is we put so much power into it. And that's where things start to get a little squirrely as to, I need money. Where, how do we get more money, make more money? And I'm all for the idea that money cre is a form of expression. It actually gives us the ability to create, have choice in what kind of foods we eat, what kind of clothes we buy, what education we receive, what continuing education, you know, investments in ourselves. Uh, business is a huge part of that for me in entrepreneurship. I think as entrepreneurs create money, we are establishing new ways of being, doing, and having things. I think of like Uber and all the things that, you know, that we would have never thought Apple, you know, I'm thinking of some of the bigger companies, but just think of some of these smaller businesses that are uh, doing amazing things. And I think a lot of that will come out of our past several years and coming forward here of how we're working with money in different ways. And the, one of the philosophies I have around money is this idea of stewardship. And that money flows through us and out of us and then back to us in a way where we get to steward it and say, hey, this is, I'm going to, yes, it has power and I'm going to choose to spend it here because that's what it connects, how it connects to my values and how it aligns for me. And when we match our values to our spending behavior, like so much starts to unwind. Like that's not what we were taught as kids. We, and not only us, like generation to generation to many generations, the way that our families and, and all the dynamics of our families, as much as they had their ways of doing money and have taught us that way, or we mo were modeled that way, we don't live in the same dynamic anymore. So we also need to evolve with it. And me as a money coach, invite my clients and whomever I'm speaking to other listeners over here on your podcast, another way of doing it 
and with a lot more trust, a lot more ownership and agency, and a lot more um, ease. Mm, oh my God. You touched on so many good things. I love that. Could you give an example? And I'm so gr- like glad you brought up values because that is a really core principle. That's something I preach a lot. It's something I encourage a lot is for folks to get to the root of your values and making sure they're yours, not your family's <laughs> and they're not anybody else's, which can be very blurry. However, could you give an example of like, a value someone has and how they would spend it on money. Like I can even do one example. Like if creativity is one of my top five, how do I use that to spend it? How do I know I'm spending it in a creative, like, tell me, maybe give me an example. Yeah. Well, creativity is a great value. And uh, often I'll have my clients and, and our listeners can totally do this on their own if they feel, take a look at their online banking, I would say checkbook, but we don't use that anymore. So our online banking profile, pull up your active account. We may use a credit card. Some people use that more actively than a debit card or what's going on in a checking account, but wherever you're, you spend money and go down the line items and you could, you know, for you page, you could go down and like, where was let, you know, which one of these transactions lends itself to my value of creativity. And it could be I don't know. Some of the basic one I'm thinking of is like going to the art store and buying art supplies. Yeah. You know, it really underscores that. Um, and for most of my clients, interestingly enough, they're, they're aligned. They're, you know, I'll, I'll give it Pareto's law, 80, 20, you know, 80% of the time they're like, well, I actually am more aligned than I thought I was. And it gives a whole nother depth to spending money. Whereas Typically, we could be like, oh, there's not enough to go. You know, I don't have enough and I don't really want to spend it on that thing. I don't want to spend it on art supplies because that might be a waste. I could probably use it more for whatever, all the other things. And then when we realize that our values are being honored through our spending, that's abundance. That's really, truly abundance. And we can even work it in the other way. I've had clients when we've gone through their spending just to see i'm a big fan of not cutting back on the starbucks latte if that's if your value is joy and that brings you the greatest joy of the morning and day that's where you spend your money (laughs) however if you're like oh god every time you know obviously we know gas prices are up every time i spend gas on that car and and i gotta go to the tank and uh, the gas pump and fill it up and it's x amount of dollars well i had a client once whose greatest one of their greatest values was freedom. And when we corresponded freedom to them filling up the gas tank to being able to go on a road trip. Game changer. Yeah, being able to go to, you know, visit their mom or something like that. That's when they were like, oh, I kind of, I kind of like paying for gas now. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Just flip the switch. And that just shows how ingrained these stories are and how used to we are of complaining about things. Yeah. And just looking at it from a different perspective of I get to's versus I have to's. Yeah. And what helps is because what gets a lot of airplay is, uh, is if you're in the personal development world, money blocks, money mindset, 
uh, I'm trying to think of all the other different financial blind spots, all these things. And those are all our money stories that have accumulated, that have gone unchecked. And it's hard to sort of discern what's still around, what's not, where did it come from? How do I get rid of it, right? We, everything's energy, so nothing really ever gets rid of. And when we use the values exercise or something along those lines, as we've been chatting about here, it's those start to mitigate all on their own. They start to lessen and, and they're not as strong because the perspective is totally opened up to a new way. So I often see with my clients, all of a sudden, that money block that, you know, there's not enough to go around or something. When we align the values and connect them to spending, whether that's in their business or at home, and usually we do a lot more at home because it's just the, you know, there's family stuff, uh, a lot more moving parts sometimes. Usually in our businesses, we are spending it more so in aligned ways, but at home, you know, if you got kids or something, sometimes like, you know, I got to, you know, pay for soccer lessons again or something, you know, and I just did that or, but when we start to align our values to our spending, then we start to lessen the grip of those money blocks, gremlins, limiting beliefs, all those things. Oh, that's beautiful. And we don't have to work so hard on that end of it then. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And what we focus on, we attract. If I'm going to focus on how shitty it is to buy this thing again, like you're carrying that energy, even though you're not actually spending yet, you're already setting that intention before you whip out your credit card. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's a lot of mental bandwidth Mm -hmm. for sure. So, so someone who is listening and has, maybe they don't even know they have money beliefs that are that ingrained or they don't or maybe they are pretty actually. <laughs> They're like, you know what? I know I use this expression a lot or like that money, you got, you have to work hard or, you know, whatever, insert whatever money beliefs, I guess. Would you say just in our conversation of values, would that first step be just have awareness of what are those money beliefs? What are those um, stories you're attaching to? And then go into your values and see how much alignment there is there? Uh, well, awareness obviously is the greatest first key to all of this. And, and sometimes that can be challenging. So I really appreciate that question. One of the practices that I, or exercises that I invite my clients to do right off the bat is write le- a money, write money, write <laughs> a letter to money. Yes. So again, in the, in the essence of we're in relationship with this entity called money. Mm-hmm. And if you want, you, I think we all have a subtle body response on, oh, I don't know, there's something just, I want to kind of, there's something there. Mm-hmm. I could either ignore it. I, I mean, we're really smart humans. I could either just ignore it. It's not a thing or I can look at it. And I think in the spirit of looking at it, a way actually to see that if there's something up for you that's activating around money, it's what pisses you off in other people about their money stuff. Ooh. <laughs> so when you're like, they spend so much or they save so much or they ah. ever, if you're seeing that in someone else, it's usually the projection. About you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's about you. Yeah. So that's a good way. And from there, 
then you can write a letter to money if you so choose, right? We're all a free will. I'm not here to be like, yeah, everyone just be amazing with their money. I'm here to change the conversation so that we all rise. We all have, I mean, we see what's going on in the world. I think we need a little change and money is a great lever for that. Mm. So, you know, whether you're in business, whether you're not, whether you're in your career, having a relationship with money, I just think of our, our friends that are, have, they're in their jobs and they want to be moving up or they want more money. I think that getting that raise, if we don't have a pretty um, foundational relationship with money, where we're kind of having an understanding with each other, that can be hard to ask for. And and if there's resentment, we know that there's usually a money block under that, some more limiting belief. So writing this letter to money. So how I propose it is we're in relationship with this entity called money. And if you were in relationship with this person in this entity in a very almost close way, like a close partner, how might you describe that relationship? You just have a sense of that. And then you sit down and you're like, all right, you know what? I'm going to, I want to improve this relationship. I'm going to start small. I'm going to write this entity a letter and who writes letters anymore, but I have my, I have my clients writing letters. So all sorts of things Yes, (laughs) because getting it out of the head and onto paper is pretty profound. Even if you're not a journaler, even if you're not, you know, not used to writing, if you want to do it on your MacBook or in your iPad or do a voice note, perhaps go for it, but getting it out of the mental body and into the bigger space allows for some, um, uh, God, what's the word I want to look for? Um, allows for it to like ease. Mm. Now we have so much in our heads. We're receiving so much. So we write this letter, dear money. I wouldn't say just do it mentally. I would actually be speaking out loud or writing it down. So I would, I would suggest that. Dear money, whatever you want to say is for your eyes only. Have a grand old day. It could be anything. I, you know, it's not for me. It's not for Paige. It's not for, you know, it's it's for your eyes only. And you since and then salutation, whatever that is. Christine. And you just get it out. And then the second step is to switch roles with money. And you become money and you write yourself back from that perspective. Wow. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm just like thinking of like how shocked money would be. Just appalled. Like you bitch. What do you... (laughs) How do I even respond to you, Paige? Like, that's really profound. Writing, you'd be surprised at what that interaction does for both, like, just both perspectives. It's just another perspective, and then that's what it is. You don't have to do any. I mean, I say you don't have to do anything with it. If you want to burn it in the full moon, or have a sage ceremony around it, or you know, next, um, you at Halloween, you know, have a, I don't know, whatever you want to throw it down the toilet, pa- uh, down the toilet, go for it. And it's now in its own container. And even in that, regardless of what was said in the letter, there's reconcilement, there's natural reconcilement there, which allows for a lot more freedom. And when 
everyone knows we talk about freedom and financial freedom. There's nothing like the freedom of having a relationship that's been reconciled. And we're in relationship with this thing called money, not getting away from it. Mm -mm. Mm, That's so good. Thank you for sharing that exercise. I've, I've done the money writing a letter to before, and I've encouraged my clients to do that as well, but not the right, um, right back as money. That is really profound. I'm really excited to get off this interview with you and start journaling right now. (laughs) Like I'm really feeling inspired. That's brilliant. I love that. Um, and while kind of we're on that topic of like this relationship piece, I mean, people that are listening to this, usually I won't say everyone, I'm not stereotyping anybody, but a lot of my clients, a lot of listeners identify as either perfectionists or just in general, very ambitious people. So stability is huge. And I think that's a big barrier of why they are not pursuing and really truly going for it because they have this money cloud above their head that they can't truly go for it. Um, Whatever belief, right? That's just more and more beliefs. Um, So I guess what would be a message or piece of advice for someone like that, that is so scared to risk or feels like it's a huge risk um, to just do something new and create a new identity and a new life. That directly comes back to a core wound, if you will. I don't know what the phrasing you might use, but that I'm not good enough. And what if I make a mistake? So I just want the listeners to hear if this, there is somebody out there who's like, I just, you know, what if I'm, what if, what if, what if? I get that. I get that. That's that's a big deal. And it may not be appropriate, but risk, we the risk, the saying goes risk then reward. The, unfortunately, the saying doesn't go reward then risk. <laughs> it's just the way it's the law of the universe. It's like, and risk has its own, like I would actually invite someone in that space to redefine what risk means for them. Risk might be just, what's a small risk? What's a, if it's, um, I think of any listeners who may be wanting to switch jobs or something like that, maybe you're honing your skills on the side with something that would allow you to, to, it's like calculated risk. Like you're doing something on the side where it's, there's still, you're inviting safety to the degree that you need that for your own nervous system so that you're not like blowing your top off to calibrate to that. And you're still in the, the job that pays the bills, health insurance, all that. When I started my business, I was an accountant and I worked for an accounting firm. I, and I said, all right, I'm doing this. I don't know if I, now I don't feel like I was risk of, I, Probably was a lot, very risk averse, but I was doing that. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to find some bookkeeping clients on the side that would cover my monthly bills or at least the bare minimum. I mean, it was like my, what was my need line? And as I was building the coaching and consulting business. So that's an example, just from an entrepreneurial part point of view of risk. And I'm not, I mean, 
yes, do I hurdle myself like what feels like sometimes 80 miles an hour down a, a ski hill as risk? <laughs> Some people might say that. I feel like it's very controlled risk. Uh, and there's been a lot of practice. It wasn't like that the first time my dad pushed me down the hill. Talk about risk. Yes. Um, and it's like, how do I create the conditions for enough safety that my nervous system, nervous system and I'm a big fan of us having the ability to, um, to regulate because that's important because of many traumas, not just financial trauma and go for your dreams. Yes. I love that. It's, it's the perfectionist, beautiful answer of like that control. <laughs> we want that control so bad. Um, yeah. So it's a little bit of, I can control. There's some pieces of risk that I can create a strategy without it totally affecting that. Like you said, that trauma wound, that body sensation. Yeah. It could, we could be strategic with it. It's not all or nothing, which there's a lot of that too, that black and white thinking. So. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, uh, that was how I would approach it. It's how I, it is how I approached it back when I transitioned from working as an employee to being my own employer. Um, and life is risky. Um, we are entering a possibility of an economic down cycle. Obviously, it's all in the news. We're sort of in a recession-ish kind of thing going on. There is instability. And the more that we can understand what instability can bring, because instability, change can bring new opportunities. As I was sharing um, I don't have the list of companies, but Uber was definitely one of them in the OA cr housing crisis and that economic down cycle. At that point, some of our companies that are well-established now making great money, like making great revenue and contribute. Well, I don't know if how Uber is contributing to the world, but let's just say in some way it is, um, came out of that time period. Some of, you know, even the Great Depression, you know, because we get sort of forced into shifting and changing. And that pushes the hand to say, okay, I got to do something different. We are resilient. We're made for more. And the money aspect of it, it we have more power over that than we think. And that's my reminder to everyone. And that's a blanket statement so that I probably could be in a whole nother podcast show. <laughs> but I just want you to feel like, like we're humans. We have an act. We have a brain. We have, you know, intellect. We have willpower. We have focus. Money doesn't have that how can we start to apply those levers to have it work for us? I always call money like, um, I wasn't a, never a cat person, but a, like a dog, you know, and even kids and I don't have kids. So with all due respect to our families out there, I don't mean to say it like in a way that's like derogatory by any means, but like kids, dogs, perhaps even cats, um, they want a boundary. They want a container. They want to kind of be told what to do in a way or directed. Mm, yes. And that's what money is too. Money likes to be told what to do because then it has a, a container to work with. And that's the masculine energy of money. Um, when there is no telling it what to do, it gets a little loosey goosey and that's where we mm. actually lose more control. So money likes to be told what to do 
and we're able, the more that we can take our own power back around this thing, just paper kind of. My God, I love it. Yes. (laughs) It's how I feel with like time. Like you mentioned, it's it's relative. Yeah. Like what it, come on. When you really think about it, it's, but how incredible that it has such an influence in our day-to-day life. And um, wow, it was so good. Thank you so much for all your all your words of wisdom. Um, as we're wrapping up here, because I could talk to you literally for five hours. Um, I enjoy so much talking with you and learning from you, um, but I won't do that for the listeners and I won't do that to you. So what could be some takeaways or um, you know, homework, if you will, or just things for people to consider when it comes to money, what could be something, um, a takeaway for them after they listen to this episode? Yeah. So if you're listening and it, it piques your interest of how another perspective of money can be looked at, I would invite you to write the letter to money and just see what comes out um, again, if you, if you, if you emotion comes up, find, find support, have someone trusted that you can be like, Hey, let, how about if we wrote these together and we don't have to share anything, but just know we can, you know, your bestie or whatever, have that, have be in connection with people around money that you trust. I, I do underscore that. And then if you feel like there's enough, your own, just like, you know what, I'm just going to do this. Come write this letter, see what happens, see what shifts. And know that you're not alone. So when I, in the 2008 housing crisis, just to a short story here, I was working as an accountant. I lost my job. I lost my condo to foreclosure. And I went on um, unemployment for about three or four months. And I didn't know who to turn to. And that shame spiral of a story blew out of control. So this is where even in the simplest of writing a letter and getting it out of your head, that's the equivalent of like, if you have a trusted friend to talk to about it is talk to them. And, and if you're anything like me, I mean, I always had kind of a double whammy because I was supposed to be the money expert and I felt like too embarrassed to share with anyone. But if there's anyone that you can talk to about it in confidence, um, then you're, you're going to open up so much for yourself in terms of freedom. And really so many of us, right? One of our values might be freedom and money is, is, has been connected to that. However, there's an internal freedom that shows up when we come into relationship with this, this thing. So um, definitely the money letter. I also um, have an amazing quiz on my website that I'd love to share. That is an archetype quiz. So it just gives you an idea of who, what archetype you show up is. And there's, there's six of them. So you could take the quiz many times and find several ways. I I do believe we are a little bit of everything and we have a default way that we show up. So this is a great thing. If you're like, I don't know, I might have something going on. This isn't to diagnose or say, this is who you are in your totality. You are a brilliant, independent, intelligent human being on this earth. And we kind of show up to money in, in certain ways. So the quiz is um, it my on my website. I, you'll probably put it in the notes page, I would imagine, but yeah. it is the money archetype quiz. And um, 
would it make sense for me to share the website page or? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Uh, so it's the website is Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-M as in money, uh, Walsh, W-A-L-S-H.com and then slash money uh, dash archetype dash quiz. So that might be a long one. So it'll be in the show notes, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. And just for all of you listening, I did that quiz in 2020 and I was a hoarder. (laughs) And that just archetype for me, what resonated is the person who's constantly checking my bank statement does not want to spend money because I have fear and anxiety that it's going to disappear and it's going to leave me just a lot of lack mindset. Um, that's at least how I resonated with that. Just like, and, and when I heard the word hoard, I was like, yeah, that, that, that really resonates with me. And today I retook the quiz and even reading the answers, because um, it's been two years, right? I, I just even read the answers again. And I clicked the ones that in this state of mind where I'm at right now, I'm clicking this. Not I should click this, but no, I'm, I'm clicking this. This is my newish belief system. I'm now a generator. Mm-hmm. So... You could maybe explain a little bit about that, but that's okay. We are also running out of time, but I just wanted to like share that in just two years, doing some mindset shift about my relationship with money has really expanded and practicing that abundance and just being more aware of my lack mindset. And I am not perfect by any means. There's still a lot of behaviors that I have not let go of. Um, that might be the more like horde archetype, but I was really proud to like see just a different one. Um, and so it's just, it's, I just wanted to encourage you all to just like, give it a go. It's just a tool to give you more information about yourself. Absolutely. It's, a, it's us understanding ourselves more around any pillar for that matter. And then, you know, speaking to the series here, uh, will give us just more insight into who we really are and just more love and compassion for ourselves, which is just really good for the greater good. So I witnessed you in your shifts page and thank you for taking the quiz and a generator is just a gorgeous, gorgeous space for us to be in. And it's, it's, we're everything. We're all the things and every moment's calling for something and with money, it's like, what, what's the moment calling for you right now? And that's my invitation to our listeners is if this is something that you want to know more about in a way that's accessible and safe and at the same time expansive and um, where we're heading, I think as a society, you know, it's, it seems like a little bit of an uphill battle is nothing. I get that, but we're moving in a different direction. The, the pandemic is is a is a pivotal time for us to become more in connection with ourselves um for the for the greater good i agree wholeheartedly that's amazing so if the listeners have any questions for you christine um where can they go yeah absolutely so sometimes i stir up some crap around these things so just know um if you want to reach out to me directly you can reach out to hello at christine m walsh um, I'd love to hear your takeaways. I respond personally to emails. So uh, if anyone has any takeaways and they want to be witnessed in it, I'm here for that. So 
that would be the greatest way. Obviously, take the money archetype quiz from there. Uh, my website is right there, so you can thrash around. There's a blog with some uh, great words of money wisdom um, from my experiences, my clients' experiences, and yeah, do do the work. You'd be surprised how quickly it can shift. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Christine. As she mentioned, everything will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time and, and your golden nuggets with us. I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. Um, for the listeners out there, thank you for your time. And remember, every single day provides a lesson. Go out there, dream big, and I'll catch you next week as we discuss another pillar. Thanks so much for listening to Paige's Lessons with me, Paige Mitchell. You can find me on several social media platforms such as Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all using the same handle at pagemitchell.coach. Got any questions about the show? Send me an email at connect at pagemitchell.coach located in the show notes. And if you really like the show, don't forget to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this so you don't miss an episode. Please make sure to leave a rating and review because I love hearing your observations, takeaway, and personal journey. Remember, every day provides a lesson. You got this.